The following program is intended for mature audiences. Warmest aloha, sir. Hey, Ollie. Hi. Ollie to you, too. He's so Ollie, he doesn't even know he's Ollie. I'm tempted to say menehune. Like Hawaiian leprechauns. <laughs> or chipmunks or something. What's wrong with that turtle? He has lung problems because he smoked too much turtle weed, which is bad for you, right, Ola? Hawaii has a big future. I, I, I want to become a part of it. I know every angel of these islands. I'm like a good tourist guy. What we're about to say. See, we're on a mission. Trying to find a way. If you and me make a guarantee.
Everyone got a good vibe Get your sunshine, make it feel right Won't you come meet me in We sipping on a beach in Hawaii Ain't got a thing to do but I like it So won't you come meet me in Welcome to Living the Aloha Life, podcasting Pono on the 808. I'm that poor man. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Aloha. <laughs> that Dr. Aloha. Yeah, there you go. Hope everybody's having a great day. We just came into Maole, meet me and I ray. Mm. And what does that mean in Jamaican, the Rastafarians say? Oh, gosh. Good. How you doing? Uh, everything's going like, well. Hap- not happy, but... Yeah, that's like kind of it. Kind of. Yeah, kind of like happy. Yeah. yeah I yeah. forget what the exact definition was. <laughs> yeah, so this week we're going to be doing Hawaii flora and fauna. It's going to be one of those quite exciting shows. <laughs> It'll be very informative <laughs> and possibly long. We'll see. Yeah. So usually when we put together a podcast that has a lot of information... Um, Sometimes when we put it together, we find it ourselves to be a little, what, monotonous, I guess you could say? It was very monotonous. Honestly, it probably took me like 15 hours to put the yeah. research together. Okay, so and people don't even realize that. Like, I don't even have 15 hours in a week to do anything. Yeah, that's a thing. So, so it was very monotonous, yes. Yeah, yeah, but um, but it's very educating. And a lot of people don't know these things and the difference between the indigenous and the invasive species of Hawaii. And it's very essential that we do a show like this because yeah. people do want to know these things and they want to come here and have knowledge of what they're going to be looking at and seeing. And even if you don't want to know this stuff, you should know this stuff. <laughs> so Absolutely. take a listen. Exactly. And it's really, I'm super into this stuff. I love flora and fauna. I just, I'm so, so into it. But it was monotonous even for me to put this together. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think when you look at it from the outside, a lot of people, like, you know, we may think, you know, oh, man, this is going to be boring. But from the outside, people want to be educated and people want to yeah. understand these things. And then when you go back and we read and we listen to it, we're like, wow, you it's know. It's good. We wrote a lot of this stuff and we learned a lot of this stuff. But when we actually listen to it, wow, it's very informative, very educated. Yeah. And it just helps us to understand Hawaii better from the outside. And I know that's what's going to happen for all of you that are listening. My whole thing with this one is I know people (laughs) often listen to podcasts on the go when they're in their car or maybe working or whatever. But if possible for this one, maybe sit down with your phone or computer and 
just Google everything we talk about, or at least some of them, to take a look, especially when it gets to the flora piece. Like, I just wish when I'm talking about it that I could show you what this stuff looks like. That's all. Yeah, I mean, essentially, this show is for people who give a shit. <laughs> yeah. No, do you know what I mean? No, because true, this is true. people who care about what they're going to be seeing when they come to Hawaii. If you move to Hawaii, you want to know what you can eat, what you can't eat, where these plants come from, where these trees come from, where this, where these animals come from, where these birds and lizards come from, because... You know, th these islands are 8 to 10 million years old, I believe, and yep. things just didn't, like, plop out of the fucking sky here. I'm joking. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. Actually, no. actually, like, seabirds pooped over the islands, and when that poop hit the ground, something came from it. <laughs> Whether that's it's a fruit crazy. tree, a, a leaf, a fucking flower, I don't know what it is, but that's what happened. And anything else had it to either be brought over, or they had to swim, swim over, or they had to fly over. It is hard to fathom because Hawaii is so isolated in, in the middle of nowhere, so to think about how everything came to be is really crazy. It's pretty amazing. It's yeah. the uh, Darwin situation. Darwin was an amazing guy, the evolution. Some people don't believe in that stuff. Oh, did I tell you about the Baptist? I have no idea. The group of Baptists I had? Like a long time ago? Oh, it was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, you told me about that. Okay, well, I haven't Why told everybody. Oh, okay. Well, because we're talking about evolution, we're talking about the <laughs> oh, Darwin, right, right, and we're right, talking right. about Dinosaurs? Everything. Yeah, dinosaurs and all this stuff. So, you know, you go on a tour with me, you get educated. So, okay. you're on a tour with me, I'm talking about how the islands are millions of years old, and you got this guy saying, you're incorrect. It's 6,000 years old. And I'm sitting here going, well, that just fucks up my day. <laughs> because I can't tell you any more facts. <laughs> What else did they so that say was to that, you? I'm not even going to get into it. But anyways, but long the story short. part. Well, they, they, okay, so they believe that they walked the earth with dinosaurs. <laughs> Mind you, dinosaurs existed millions and millions of years ago, and obviously humans did not. And if they did exist with velociraptors in the same room, uh, I would assume that the human would lose that battle. So I don't think we'd be around anymore. Anyways... So you loved that group. Yeah, the, so that was an interesting group. So when you discuss how old the Hawaiian Islands are and the Ring of Fire and how old the Earth is, 8 billion years old and all that other stuff, it's kind of hard to really get into facts when you, you're fighting 6,000 years and you're fighting dinosaurs. I don't know. <laughs> did they have parties together? Did Jesus hold the dinosaur in his hand? I don't know what's going on. But how anyways, about we yeah. talk about <laughs> flora and fauna? But before we get into that, we're going to talk about actually about some news. Are you ready to do some news? We're going to we're not going to keep this long. We're not going to keep this not. long. I know, but let's do some news. Are you ready? Ready. Blonikai residents are concerned as tourists and ongoing board of water supply construction clog roadways to unimaginable levels. Didn't you try to take a tour there not too long ago? Yeah, I How'd did. How'd that go for you? It was a horror show. I was I was just to go to Lonikai Beach. Are you ready? From Kailua to Lanikai Beach. Which is about, what, a half mile, a mile? Yeah. Hour and a half. <laughs> it's horrible. Buzz's Steakhouse, Steakhouse, Kailua Beach Park, everything. I don't... We're not going to get into a big thing about this because we bitch-fested last week for like an hour about it, but this is, this is unimaginable, what is going on right now. It's unimaginable. I've never seen it so busy, so overpopulated, and food was running out everywhere. Human beings are eating Hawaii out of house and home. That's so weird. No, it's literally you look at the menu and you're like, oh, can I get that? No, we're out of that. Oh, can I get that? No, we're out of that. Oh, we're out of that. Oh, we're out of that. Okay. I'm just going to have the rat inside of the road. <laughs> I mean, this is where we're going here. I mean, literally the people are coming here and eating everything off the menu, off, uh, off of all the food trucks. 
And when you go and show up, literally the places now, what they're doing is the, um, the food trucks are closing three to four hours ahead of time because they're all out of food. So you can't get lunch on tour anymore. No. So you know what you should do? You should yeah. come over to Amanda's Oasis, where she grows her own food. <laughs> yeah, that's and a good place. That's a good place. <laughs> I'll feed that. I don't know if you just want a bunch of strangers showing up on your back lanai. I mean, if my lanai was a little bigger and I could grow a little more, I would totally do it. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a nice little place to get away and sit down there for a good 15, 20 minutes. But but you know, they I'm have not, to like lettuce. I'm not I'm not bitch festing here. I'm not I'm not making things up. This is reality. No, I'm out true. there. I'm out I'm out there going around the island and I'm seeing this stuff. Like there was. You know, I, th- I don't know if I, we talked about it last week, but literally I had to go to four different places to eat because either they were out of food or they didn't have any more food or the wait was ours. And we can't do that on our tour. Yeah. So it's, it's getting really to the point. That, and the thing is, is since it re- it's really gotten really crazy, thank God we haven't done any food tours. But I have food tours coming up and I'm really getting a little nervous. Like, oh, you want the best poke? Oh, there's no more poke. Yeah, no, that's oh. not really, it's concerning because that's yeah. probably going to happen. You want to get in line and go to Ted's Bakery? Hour and a half. Hey. Want to get some malasadas? Hour and a half. I always hear Foodland does good poke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that I eat it. Let's move on. Anyways, Lanikai is a disaster right now. I don't recommend anybody going down there right now. It's just it's just nuts because of the border water supply is also putting um they're putting in water lines right now on the roadway, so it's even blocking up traffic even worse right now. Um, I have we have nothing else to say about what's going on in Lanikai and Kailua right now. All I can say is. Is I feel bad for the community. I of feel so Kailua. bad for the residents. They don't. Uh, the residents no longer leave their homes. They they're, can't. They're actually scared now because you go out. You guys have to understand. Um, and this is one of the things that I have done on the tours. Um, you know, when we do tours, it's two to four people. It's it's not obtrusive. It's not getting in people's way. The, we we don't look like a group of tourists. We look like a group of locals. When you have all these huge buses coming in carrying anywhere e- even vans carrying 10 people 12 people 24 46 77 people all getting out at once um you have to be in the perspective of the local people here because they're not used to seeing that and seeing this flood it's like an ant hole all the ants coming out at once and here we don't have anxiety in hawaii <laughs> the people are, are getting pe- and i know you know you guys can say what you want the local people are getting PTSD or whatever it's called. PTSD. PTSD, and they're getting anxiety attacks from oh. large groups of people suffocating them and them not being able to go outside their homes and not being able to eat, go to the grocery store, or go down to the street to enjoy the beach. I can't imagine an hour and a half to go to the grocery store from Lanikai to Kailua. Like, it's that's insane. insane. I feel really bad, and the tour buses, they need to get out of Kailua soon. They need, I think the tour it, buses just, they need to put in some rules and laws and change some things where the vehicles for tour companies can't be more than 12 people. Yeah. This this is insane it because is. it's really scary to watch a group of 80 people getting off a bus. It's horrible. And I, I honestly I didn't know we were there yet where you could stick 80 people on a bus yet because of COVID still. Right. So it's a little scary. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But um, the next one is Hidden Gem No More. With increased tourism, the lesser known cherished spots locals love to go are now becoming visitor magnets and trash wastelands. So I went with my friends a couple weeks ago to Secret Beach over on the west side, yeah. and it was freaking packed. I'll with drink people. to that. It was so mm. crazy. 
No more secret beach. <laughs> there's no more secret beach. There's no more this beach. There's no more that beach. There's no more places that are... Now, let me explain. There's no more places that are sacred or secret anymore here. Because, like we said before, places are having restraints put on them where you have to make reservations. And cherished gems, like a shark's cove on the North Shore at Pupukea is being ruined by the fact that reservations are taking place at Hanama Bay and people just can't get in to make reservations. So they're flocking to places that are not restricted and do not cost anything and now they're being over flooded while locals do not get to enjoy those locations anymore as well as a place like Hanama Bay. I still just want to go to Hanama Bay just one time. One I time. do too. You just have to, one time. But even, I don't understand, like someone has not confirmed to me and I think we're going to go ahead and see if we can confirm it ourselves so the next time we come back on the podcast, do locals have a priority over vacationers making reservations no okay so this is confirmed have we attempted to make a reservation go on the website there's no can you is there a number is there a number to call oh i don't know okay so we're going to go ahead and look at a little more into this guys and we're going to see if we get you know can can we get a spot before a vacationer can because we absolutely should be able to and these places are being taken away from us it's just that you only have like two minutes two to minutes. make that reservation I know. before it's booked. Right. So that's why we got to see if there's a number that we can actually call and see if we can make a reservation as a local uh, before the time frame of like four minutes when you have to get in there. Yeah. Which is insane. So let us look into that. But yeah, so these hidden gems, we're exciting to lose the hidden gems now. And, and honestly, even on tour now, some of the places that we go to are still hidden. And thank God. Thank God. And one of the main things that I tell people to do is I tell people do not take pictures, do not post on Instagram, do not mark where in GPS they are. I mean, you can post, but don't reveal the location. Yeah, don't reveal the locations because this is going to be an issue because once these locations start being revealed, eventually people are going to catch on, post it and post it and post it, and then they are going to lose those spots too. We're going to lose those spots too. So that's a real bummer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what's in, what do we get up next? And this is going to be like kind of a last story, so we're going we're gonna to blow through the news here. You can do it because I have okay. a long section coming up. Okay, okay. COVID spike in Hawaii. We're seeing triple-digit increases in COVID cases in Hawaii for a week now since the state is no longer requiring COVID tests to enter Hawaii if vaccinated. It appears there are vaccinated carriers coming into Hawaii and spreading it to the non-vaccinated, which sits at 41% of the population. Well, I don't so think you should say that. It's I, I'm saying it. It's vac- I'm saying it. Listen, it's vaccinated and unvaccinated people who are likely spreading it. I mean, unvaccinated, unvaccinated people are certainly spreading it. How did these cases go up? But because the, of listen, listen, when Hawaii was opened, Hawaii's been open for a while now. Our cases were hovering around 20 to 30 cases. Because it's this variant that all of a sudden became very prevalent in Hawaii. Which came from where? The mainland. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> so, so there you go. But you you don't know who's carrying it. Somebody's, listen, the vaccinated. It's probably unvaccinated people The vaccinated. Too. The vaccinated are carriers. The anybody vaccinated can be carrying, are carriers. Anybody could be carrying it without symptoms. I know, but you have no idea. I know, I, that's what I'm saying. But it they're could carrying be unvaccinated it. Too. They're carrying it to Hawaii. Oh, you frustrate and me. And giving it to the non-vaccinated. I think that it's a combination. Yes. Okay, even if it is a combination, it's happening because our cases have increased three times. It's increased everywhere. It's not just here. No, you're right. It's the mainland it is. too. It is. And it's because of this Delta variant. And yeah, but there's only thirty. There's only like thirty to forty percent of the population that have, have not been vaccinated. 
There's I, a huge I, amount of the vaccinated that are carrying it to people who are not vaccinated. I mean, who knows? It's a fact. I'm just grateful I'm vaccinated at this point because it's getting bad again. It is getting bad and again. And like, kids are back to school in two weeks. Okay, well, this is happening. And, you yeah. know, I don't want to relive this nightmare. No, nobody does. So it doesn't matter whether you're... Uh, listen, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to get probably sick from it. But you're still carrying it. If you're not vaccinated and you get it, you're going to get sick probably. I mean, right. I don't know but what... But that's what your choice. And it's... No, yeah, that's fine. And it's probably what it comes down to is if you're not vaccinated, you're likely at some point going to get it. Yeah. yeah but the thing is, is people are getting it, whether they're vaccinated or not. They're carrying it one right. way or the other. It's, it's, it's going around. It's spreading. It's continuing to spread. Yeah, And it it's just something that we're going to have to deal with. It's like It's like... I don't know why people... I don't know what's happening right now. All I know is that it seems like Hawaii's staying open. It doesn't seem like it's going to change a goddamn thing. Well, we'll see. I we'll mean, see what happens. I, I can't imagine if we were to shut down again, I I think Hawaii would lose it. <laughs> oh, we would totally lose yeah. it. But I just don't... I mean, the, the worst thing that can happen is that we're the only state still, or we were the only state that still requires masks inside, but right. now there's places right. on the mainland that are doing it back again. Oh, are there? California's doing it now. Oh, They're going okay. back. There's other places that are going back to masks inside. Even if you're vaccinated, you got to wear a mask inside now on the on the mainland in Australia, some places. Australia, Tiffany told us that she has to wear masks again. Well, not really her yeah. area per se, but a lot of areas. And um, even if she's like riding in a car with somebody. It's absurd. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Canada, Canada uh, continues to be shut down, but they're going to reopen for non-essential travel on i believe august 9th i believe so yeah that's going to open the market of canada now mind you when we opened hawaii to the you know to the u.s we got flooded so now with I th i'm thinking starting in august we're going to start getting a flood of canadian travelers to hawaii because we do get I, I, we've always gotten a lot of canadian travelers but now you're talking about United States and Canada are going to be open to come to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll report back. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, uh, Jake had a message. Love you, Wade. Take care of yourself. No pressure to release a podcast. Just a thought that I had when you and me were talking story on Facebook. Don't forget you moved to Hawaii to get away from the bullshit and rat race. Let me get an address because I'm sending a care package. Well, that was very kind, Jake. So you need that reminder. Yeah. So quickly about what's going on here is, um, you know, we obviously we've been showing a lot of things on uh, Facebook and stuff of, you know, vacationers touching turtles, touching uh, Hawaiian monk seals, uh, standing on turtles, sitting with turtles. I, I don't know what the hell's going on. If these were if, if these were crocodiles, this would not be happening. No, um, it's really <laughs> disturbing. It's it's really bad what's right. happening here. Yeah. So Jake was talking about Ho'oponopono, uh, Pono, right? He was talking about talking about a little more of that. Mm -hmm. um, we we have talked about that in past podcasts. We did it during one of the mythology podcasts. Yeah, we, it came we, up, and we we went kind of in detail to it, but. Um, you know, Jake, there is actually a book. I listened, I didn't read it, but I listened to the audio book. And I think this actually, the recommendation came from Tiffany over in Australia. But it's a whole book about a man who came to Hawaii to study Ho'oponopono. Interesting. Yeah. But we don't have any information on it. Oh, I listened that. to the whole book. Well, what book do you, you don't know what the book it is? I forget what it was called, but I could look it up. Okay. Well, maybe Tiffany, somebody posted somewhere on, on online so we can figure out what's going on. Maybe Jake can have a read. Uh, and then he was talking about the kapu, about the way uh, the laws of kapu took place. Yeah, you know, kapu in many ways, you know, today, if it was around, 
all these people doing these things would just be killed. So obviously we can't have that type of couple. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, even if you made a mistake and it wasn't, so even if I like had my back to you or something and my shadow happened to cross over a turtle, well then I would, that would be it for me. But I so, think his point was the fear. Well, yes, it's good to have some, back. well, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with having a little fear. And um, I think the problem stems from education and knowledge, and many people on the mainland have such a high lack of education and knowledge about Hawaii that you, they should be listening to shows like ours to know what the fuck's going on. And somebody, you <laughs> know, it's true. And somebody <laughs> posted something about how in San Francisco, where they have the, um, not the monk seals, but what do they have? The oh, the sea lions. Sea, sea lions. You're allowed to feed them, and it's encouraged. Yeah, see? And stuff like that. And Huge it's very, problem. So it's very different here, and I think that it is a lack of knowledge. Yeah, and also the, I think just a lot of people who are coming to Hawaii for the first time just see it as a vacation playground, not realizing that this is an, <laughs> this is an actual, you know, native culture here, you know, and right. history here, and a deeper rooted history between and which has been really recent and what's what we're going to be talking about on the Patreon only podcast um, probably next week is the annexation of Hawaii and the takeover of the islands uh, by America. And by the way... That is not going to be an easy podcast to do, our fellow patrons. So going to be a heavy one. <laughs> right. So we may need a little more time to put that podcast together. Um, so, But we'll keep you guys updated on when we're going to post that. But that's going to be the next one. And then, like we said, we're going to do uh, King Kalakaua and the Queen. Um, uh, so we'll get on. We'll, we're going to get on those. Just may take a little longer because we want to do it right. And we must have utter and complete respect when we get that done. Yeah, so sure. we want to make sure we get it right. So it may take a little longer than a week to get it out to you guys. Yeah, so Jake was just kind of talking about, talk about those things. And then also the fact that uh, I was talking about how I really have no time to do anything. And uh, I'm kind of living in a dream world right now where I don't know where I am. Uh, <laughs> which, and I had mentioned that to him. And I really do feel that way. And he's talking about how the bullshit and the rat race and all that. But I really have been in a rat race. And I don't think any of the, I mean, we've been talking with the patrons and the people who just listen to the show freely obviously they're not listening to the shows that the patrons only so they don't really understand what's really going on right uh with me and you but um i've just been you know i've been so busy and i put so much pressure on myself that the, it's just the way i am you're not going to change who i am that's just the way it is i mean i'm doing way more than i need to, that i can do or that i need to be doing uh i'm trying to slow down yeah you don't listen to anyone no i don't listen to anyone you so know? Yeah. even when we do have fun it's still work related <laughs> like lately we've been going to check out some breweries yeah, and tiki, tiki bars, bars for, it's all work. for the tours yeah, yeah it's all work <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean i mean at least it's fun work no it's fun work but i mean it's all related to business and to yeah. work and, and and what am i doing i'm like having a drink i'm taking pictures i'm looking around i'm thinking is this a good place and, and none of it is none of it is a hundred percent mindless or completely and utterly enjoyable it's all related to some form of work for a future project. <laughs> and, um, um, you know, at some point I need to figure out what the hell I'm doing myself. Yeah, you do. Because it's not I think good. you're on the right track. I you're hope You're starting so. to get on the right track. How about that? Yeah, and, you know, really, I, I, I personally just want to apologize to the patrons, you know, of what's going, I, what's going on in my own life. I'm just having a hard time right now, and I, I hope everybody can be understanding of that at this time. It will get um, better. Yeah, because I'm a little lost. Aww. Let's just be honest. You're just overwhelmed. I well, that's part of being lost. Okay, <laughs> I think overwhelmed's a better word. <laughs> when you're when you're in a forest and you're overwhelmed and you lost the trail, 
<laughs> well, I don't think the, same, the thing with you I is... I lost my trail. I don't think so. You never lose sight. No? I don't okay. think you ever lose sight. I okay. think you're just really overwhelmed and okay. stressed. So I'm really overwhelmed and stressed yeah. out. And uh, Jake and, uh, you know, me and Amanda look at the emails, okay? Yes. And we see all the emails that are coming in. You guys know when I'm responding to your emails. At one, two, three, four in the morning. <laughs> I'm trying to get back to you guys. I really have to make a choice between... What am I going to do right now? Can I get back to these emails? Can I not? And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get back to the patrons. Yeah. And you enjoy that very yeah, much. Yeah. Now I'm getting I'm getting emails from people outside our patronage. And honestly, I'm sorry. You're last on my list. <laughs> I, I just can't get back to everybody. That's fair. It's it, There's a lot of people that, that are trying to get a hold of us. And we just can't get back to everybody. We have to, you know, put the patrons first right now. So when we get back to you, we'll get back to you. But... There's just a lot of things yeah, going on. Life in our is lives. busy for you. Exactly. That's it. That's all I have to say. That's the news. That's it. Rant Let's get into over. Flora. Rant over. Let's get into Flora. <laughs> okay, Flora. And we'll go from there because this is going to be pretty intense. I don't know if intense. <laughs> just I think so. Long. <laughs> well, it's long. Yeah, but it's long pretty and detailed, but yeah. good. Okay. All right. Here Let's we go. Let's do this. Hawaiian flora is beautiful and diverse. A tropical region, Hawaii has year-round warm climate and soil heavy with volcanic ash, two elements that play a role in the healthy growing of a wide variety of flowers and plants. There are three categories of Hawaiian flora, endemic, native, and introduced. Now, we talked about that, right? Introduced, is that considered invasive or not? In some ways, sometimes it can be considered invasive unless it contributes and is a part of right. the Hawaiian indigenous so there's, world. And you'll notice as I go through this, um, sometimes I use the words interchangeably. Um, like sometimes it'll be endemic, sometimes it'll be native, but they're used interchangeably. Mm. Um, indigenous or um, invasive. Right. So I'm not sure. It just depends on where I found the research. Correct. They use different wording. Well, let's see. Well, let's see. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah. All right. So endemic or indigenous refers to those flowers, plants, and trees found only in Hawaii. These are the flowering and non-flowering plants and trees that were brought to Hawaii by natural means such as wind, tides, and birds. Whereas native refers to those species occurring in the Hawaiian islands but found elsewhere in the world. All right. The third category includes foreign or introduced plants and species. These are plants brought to Hawaii by people. Mm. Okay? Yes. Understood. Okay. <laughs> Long before the human settlement of the Hawaiian island chains, the islands were devoid of plant or animal life. Over thousands of years, seeds, insects, and birds made their way to the Hawaiian archipelago. Correct, you did archipelago. I always mess that word up. Yes, I learned that word. (laughs) I learned that word. Do you know where I learned that word? No, I don't. Uh, And Rudolph. Rudolph? Yes, because that's where the lion with the wings and all the the messed up toys were. They were on an archipelago. Oh. Yeah, I was like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I really just learned that word with Hawaii. Oh, okay. That's funny. I missed it in Rudolph, You must have missed that. You must have missed that. Populating the islands this way was slow. It is estimated that only one plant every 90,000 years was added to the Hawaiian landscape. That That's is crazy. crazy. But mind you, you know, it's millions of years old. So yeah. over a period of time, that's about 10 different varieties every million. So crazy. crazy. For sure. 
The early Polynesian voyagers who arrived in Hawaii around 500-800 AD brought plants with them that they needed for food, such as breadfruit, taro, banana, sweet potato, and sugar cane. I believe they brought coconut, too. Mm, they may have. But they also obviously kind of floated here as well, coconuts. Other plants (laughs) they brought were needed as building materials, such as the tea plant, to make clothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Later settlers brought mangoes, papayas, pineapples, passion fruit, and a variety of vegetables, as well as flowers, including flumeria, orchids, protea, heliconia, ginger, jasmine, or peacocky, as we call it here, and hibiscus. Right on. The arrival of early settlers in Hawaii with their plants and animals affected the Hawaiian flora in two ways. On the one hand, it led to a more diverse Hawaiian flora. New plant species were introduced and grew on the islands. On the other hand, it led to the disappearance of many endemic varieties. Some introduced plant species are fast growing and lead to a crowding out of native and endemic species. And that's a problem we continue to have today with the type of plant like the kiave and things like that. So we have to cut the kiave down, use it for firewood, and that's where you get the kiave burned, um, you know chicken huli huli chicken all that they, right, they burn it right. on that but uh the nonprofit works at getting rid of a lot of the kiavi wood yeah these introduced species are also called invasive species so there you go yeah unable to adapt to the changes in surroundings many endemic plants gradually died and disappeared over time from the onset of human settlement in the islands, it is estimated that one endemic plant vanished every nine months. So what's interesting is before you continue, um, I know this relates to for every plant or every flower or every tree that vanishes, um, a certain amount of the birds that have been Mm. Uh, you know, indigenous to Hawaii disappear as well. So it's we've all connected. Lo- yeah, of course. So we've lost a lot of bird. We we've have. Lost, yeah, we've lost a large bird population here. When I, when we go into uh, fauna, I don't talk about all the ones that have passed away because I'm I'm just not going to do There's that. There's too many, right? There's too many that have died here. It's unfortunate, but, but it, know, it, it's related to uh, flora and fauna is connected. It is connected deep, deeply. There's yeah. a page on Instagram that I follow. It's something about. Hawaii birds of the past oh, or something amazing. like that yeah, and amazing. I've learned so much from that page I mean some of the birds they're the ones that were used to make the the chiefly robes the uh, black yellow and red feathers those flowers those birds don't exist anymore mm-hmm. so you could never make those those anymore it's crazy of the 50,000 Hawaiian endemic species only 2,600 remain today it's crazy it is crazy of these 2,600 remaining endemic species, roughly 30% are endangered, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. In 2003, they listed 273 endangered native plants. Of the world's endangered plant species, half of them are found in Hawaii, according to the U.S. list. Nuts. That's so sad. Yes, it is. So that was just a little introduction, and now we're going to get into the flora. So let's start with some Hawaiian trees. All right. They grow in rich diversity in the islands. Right I mean, on. that's really true. Yeah. So let's start with sandalwood. Oh, it's a beautiful tree. Sandalwood is endemic, and it is beautiful. Yeah. And this is going to be a really long one, it's but it's a good one. It's, it's a good one, important. so bear with me. There's a lot of history behind the and sandalwood. And I, I did want to go into it. Yeah. When humans first stepped from their sailing canoes onto the shores of Hawaii, the islands were covered with 
Iliahi or sandalwood. The Hawaiian Islands are home to six sandalwood species, all of which occur nowhere else on Earth, representing a third of the genus's diversity. Hawaiian sandalwood was prized by the ancient Hawaiians for its medicinal properties. Hawaiian sandalwood was treated internationally as a precious commodity for centuries. It was prized for its unique benefits and unforgettable aroma, which is really amazing. Oh, yeah. The trees produce santalols. I hope okay. I'm saying that right. And santalols are powerful compounds responsible for the wood's potent aroma and medicinal properties. But Santalols are only present in the heartwood, not the bark or the leaves. Mm. So to get a whiff, you must sacrifice the whole tree. And that was a problem. Right, right. Therefore, Hawaiian sandalwood eventually disappeared from the global market as a result of an invasive species and over-harvesting that quickly decimated our native forests. Now, do you at all go in the story about the I'm taking of them at a certain age and what happened? Um, not that kind of detail, but I'm going to go into the uh, story so with China and all that. R okay, good. So before you actually go into the story, there's a story uh, behind King Kamehameha the first. Oh yes. And his and his sons. I'm yeah. going to do a very abbreviated version. Okay, mine's not going to be. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you do it first and see if, you, and I'll see if you missed it, missed anything out. Okay. And then we can discuss it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because I might. I'm not sure if I have what right, you're thinking of. Right. Right. Um. So here's the story. The captivating scent fueled greed among men throughout the world. This was the case with a collaboration of Chinese American and Hawaiian merchants and monarchy in the late 18th century. Due to China's, as well as a few other countries, insatiable appetite for sandalwood, the white sandalwood imported from India was becoming scarce because of over-harvesting and, even to this day, continues to be an endangered species. So with fewer imports from India, and with the help of American fur traders, China now turned their attention to the Hawaiian sandalwoods. From the 1790s to the mid-1830s, the Hawaiian people who harvested the logs experienced an incredible hardship with the exportation of sandalwood to China. Thousands of Hawaiians, at the order of the Ali'i under Kamehameha I the Great, left off agriculture and worked to supply the sandalwood trade. The consequences were devastating. Many of the common people who were used as laborers died from exposure to cold weather, exhaustion, malnutrition, disease, or other causes. As a result, during this dark period, Hawaii suffered through one of the worst famines in its history. Famines, yeah. In the mid-1830s, the sandalwood supply was nearly exhausted and the remaining inferior or smaller pieces were driving prices and demands down. In 1839, King Kamehameha III placed a kapu on the remaining iliahi, reserving it for himself. By 1840, the Hawaiian sandalwood trade basically came to a finish. Hawaiian sandalwood is making its return thanks to a reforestation project on Big Island of Hawaii that is credited with planting over 500,000 native trees. Nice. Okay. So do you want to add on to that? Well, I mean, the thing was is that during this trade, King Kamehameha was seeing that it was devastating the population, so he made some form of a law that the taking of the sandalwoods would only happen at 100 years old, giving plenty of time for the earlier trees to grow to a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, Later on, the 
you know, it said that uh, was it King Kamehameha the third. That's interesting because I remember reading somewhere that I can't remember if it was the second Kamehameha. He got himself in trouble with China, and he was a drinker. They were drinking a lot, and got himself in trouble. And he had to make up for the money that he had owed China. So he started mm-hmm. giving them the sandalwood ahead of time, way before the hundred years, and that was a part of the devastation. Um, but then it says, and what is it? It said, it said yeah, that there was a lot I left out of the story because honestly, it was yeah, it was pages long. So oh, I it's just a long pulled, story. Yeah, I pulled highlights. Yeah, because these trees last a very long time, and you should only be taking them at over a hundred years. Or I think even today, when you were saying that they're trying to rebuild the sandalwood. Mm-hmm. And also the sandalwood trade. First of all, it's they're highly expensive wood. Oh not, my gosh! Not, almost nobody can buy them. Honestly, right. let's be honest. Um, and uh, you know, if you're into the scents and everything, you know, the if oils. you get, you know, if you get a little bottle of sandalwood from um, Young Living, it's just for the oils, hundreds of dollars. It's hundreds. It's like three hundred dollars for a little small little bottle, and those are just drops of the smell of sandalwood. Yeah. Uh, from the heart of the sandalwood, but. Um, yeah, so I think over time they just devastated their own forest because of trade and with China, the mistakes they made with China. Um, but I believe King Kamehameha I put a stop on it because after he saw how devastating it was to the to the trees, um, yeah, like you said, it pretty much stopped the trade. Yeah. But sandalwood's very important to Hawaii, and now there's been so many that are being planted right now. So hopefully in our lifetime, by the end of our lifetime, there will be a huge supply of sandalwood. Uh, if you can if you can purchase a forest on the Big Island and it has sandalwood on it, that's a, amazing. That's right? an amazing thing, and and and, and obviously uh, purchasing uh, native forest with sandalwood in it is going to be highly expensive because they know the future of what the tr- those trees are worth. Right. So you have to really make a decision, and I think there's a certain limit of what you can do with sandalwood on your property. I don't think you can kill it. I don't think you can cut it down. Oh, I'm sure you can't. Yeah, unless yeah. so. Right now, as far as I know, where they're actually supply, supplying sandalwood to, let's say, Young Living for their oils, the tree has to be in a dying state, or it has yeah. to be dying already young, young for them living, to. Yeah, Young Living does have a farm over yeah. on Big Island for people who don't know that. If you're into essential oils, yeah, and they do let you make reservations to go visit it. I've always wanted to do that, but unfortunately, it's very expensive. No, it's very expensive. So I've but, never done it. But I heard that you know you can go there, you can see them, you you stay overnight with yeah. groups, you can plant them. It's like can, a three day or something excursion. Yeah, and yeah. You, you can plant the sandalwood. Um, and you know, you know, you're contributing to the preservation and future of sustainability for that wood. Yeah. So yeah. So I've most people, most people will never experience seeing, feeling, smelling anything sandalwood. Yeah. So true. you know, it's 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 an amazing wood that I think very very few people understand right now. And we're going to go into coal wood, which is another amazing tree. Koa tree. Yeah. Yeah. Endemic. Right. The koa tree is the oldest known tree in the islands. It is one of the tallest trees in Hawaii, reaching heights of up to 70 feet and measuring around 10 feet in circumference. The tree has a very sturdy wood and has many uses. The Hawaiians use the trunk of the tree for boat or canoe building. Because koa is resistant to salt water, it also can be used to make surfboards. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right on. Also known as Hawaiian mahogany, this tree is referred to as a king of the forest. Koa is considered a superb furniture wood. 
Hawaii used to be copiously populated with koa trees, but today they are mainly found in the reserves. To protect the remaining koa trees in Hawaii, there are some koa plantations that are used for commercial purposes, including making of souvenirs. Yeah, so I mean, this wood is very famous very for... expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. It's very famous for making everything to ukuleles, to kitchen tables, to everything that you can imagine. Jewelry, um, watches. Yeah, I was on a tour the other day, and uh, we had a woodworker with us, and he wanted to buy some koa wood. So, you know, we were looking for something that was like two feet by two feet. Where did he go? It was $400. Where did he go, though? Two feet by two feet. Um, the wood trading post on the North Shore next to the shrimp shacks. Oh, uh, yeah. Next okay. to the, you, you know that place? Well, I mean, I've always asked you about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I knew about it, but I mean, yeah. I know everything's expensive in there. So, I know it's just a, it's a, it's a wood place. You want to buy wood? Fine. You want to buy something that's carved and created by Kanaka Maoli? That, that's the place to go. Did he um, spend the money? No. So, they didn't have any coal wood at the time. They had monkey pod. Oh. And uh, so they cut like a two by three or a two by two of monkey pod wood. And the wood was actually really gorgeous, but it, man, it was only 30 bucks. Monkey pod's actually amazing. Yeah. I'll get it, to that in a little bit. Yeah, it's amazing. But I mean, the, the wood was a $30 cost and the guy gave him a $10 tip for cutting it. And so, you know, you spent $40 on a nice piece of uh, monkey pod wood where if you got coal wood, it would have been $400. That's interesting. So it's a huge difference in cost. So Big I didn't time. I didn't realize that monkey pod was cheaper. Well, cheap because Much I remember when I first moved here and I was looking to buy a bed at the furniture store in town. There was this monkey pod bed that I was in mad love with, mm. and it was insanely expensive because of the monkey pod wood. No, imagine if it was koa. Right. It would have been. I mean, utterly it, insane. It was probably like three times the cost of the one I decided to get. I mean, mango, mango wood is also another great wood to get because they would make canoes out of mango. So, I mean, mango wood is also a nice wood to get. The mango trees are very huge. Hmm. So, I mean, you could have got monkey pod, could have got mango, could have got koa, sandalwood, probably no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all expensive. Right. All right, let's go on to ohia tree. All right. Also endemic. The ohia is the most abundant endemic tree species in Hawaii. This tree species grows in a variety of sizes. The tallest ones can reach heights of up to 100 feet and are typically found at the higher and cooler elevations. The main characteristic of the ohia tree is its orange or red flower. Occasionally, it can also be yellow or white. According to an ancient Hawaiian legend about the fire goddess Pele, the ohia flower is sacred, so you may not want to pick it if you find one. <laughs> Hawaiians used ohia wood to build canoes and dishes, such as poi bowls. Now, these are this is the red this is the red uh, the red flower. It's beautiful. I yeah, feel like a, you can't miss it. Yeah, when you see this tree, there's so many paintings of this tree with the red like um, I can't even describe it. It's like a, like a I, don't, I can't describe the flower, but it's like little spiky red mm -hmm. flower. And often, this is the tree that you'll see all the local indigenous birds on. Yeah. Um, so you, this tree is very famous in Hawaii. It's in a lot of paintings. You can't miss it. It's in the upper. Uh, it's in the upper elevation of right. the uh, forests here in Hawaii. So without them, you know, we've had problems in the Big Island where a bug got into them. They were starting to kill them and eat them. They had to cut a bunch down so it wouldn't get to the next forest. Uh, so it's essential that we have this tree in Hawaii. Yeah. So yes, it's a beautiful tree. Gorgeous it is really tree. beautiful. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the hala tree. 
So it's actually called <laughs> the I don't fake know. pineapple tree. Well, no, the real name <laughs> is called Pendanus. Pen, okay. Pen, Pendanus. Okay. I'm not really sure how to say okay. it. But it's indigenous and called hala by Hawaiians. It's native to Polynesia. Thanks to its thick trunk, stilt-like supporting roots, and crown of long sword-like leaves, a hala tree is easy to recognize. In what is quickly becoming a dying art, Hawaiians weave the lao or the leaves of the hala into hats, baskets, mats, bags, and the like. Right. The massive fruit of this tree, about 6 to 12 inches across, was used for food. The leaves, called laohala, were used for baskets, roofs, mats, and skirts. Did you watch Mag Max? Did I watch what? Vahala. No. Okay. Damn it. (laughs) I don't watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta watch the news Mad Max, man. The new Mad Max is... Forget it anyways. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Laohala, that just sounds like it. Anyways... (laughs) I guess we'll have to watch that one, but it's so gory and violent that you probably won't watch it. Nah, I'm good. Okay. The art of weaving the laohala is important to Hawaiians and a big part of their history and story. There are about 600 species of this tree, and it's often called a palm tree, even though it's not closely related to palms. Female trees produce a pineapple-shaped fruit. Yeah, that's why they call it the fake pineapple tree. In many yeah. ways, uh, a lot of people still think that pineapples grow in trees. They right. Grow, yeah, so this is the tree that people often think are, it's actually pineapples growing out of them. That's funny. Uh, they're also a mangrove tree because if you look at the root systems, they're very, very unique in their root systems. And then also, if the fruit is not taken when it's ripening, um, it's weird. But there's sections that pop out and fall out to the ground, and it looks like the center of the earth. Uh, it's hmm. an amazing interior fruit where it looks like a bright yellow orange. It looks like the sun inside the fruit, just like the center of the earth would look. Wow. And so they take them, when the pieces fall out, they look like candy corns. <laughs> uh, as they ripen and lose their color, the ends are more like a brush, and they used to use them to paint with. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see yeah, that. So it's, That's it's cool. Very, it's, very, it's a very unique uh, fruit and tree, and it does so much. Interesting. They use every part of it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay, now we have African tulip trees. These are just so gorgeous. No, I gorgeous. love seeing these when I'm out hiking. They are introduced to Hawaii. Even from afar, you can see the flaming red, orange, or golden yellow flowers on these large trees, which can grow to be more than 50 feet tall. It's native to tropical Africa. They grow in wet to moderately wet areas at lower elevations in Hawaii. Yeah, and it's also called, I mean, how we call it, the fire flower tree. Oh, I never that's heard also, that. Yeah, so that's all what we call it here in Hawaii. At least I know some people who call it that. Hmm. But the tree is very thick. It's a huge friggin' tree. And the flowers are just so stunning. Oh, the, the flowers color. are just gorgeous. And then they all just drop to the ground and like make this sheet of beautiful like reddish orange. Yeah. Now, although it's been introduced and I guess you could consider it an invasive species, but it doesn't seem to hurt the forest overall. So there's some that will hurt the forest, kind of like the one that you're about to talk about. Um, and we'll go from there on that one. Banyan trees. I just love these. Yeah. Uh, so much. I love these. They are introduced to Hawaii. Banyan trees are among the world's largest trees and are native to India. They have branches that grow out and away from the trunk, forming descending roots that grow down to the ground to feed and form additional trunks, making the tree very stable during tropical storms. 
The first banyan tree in Hawaii is the now famous Lahaina banyan tree, which was planted on Maui in April of 1873. It was presented to Maui Sheriff William Owen Smith by missionaries from India to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the first Protestant mission to Lahaina. So okay, that's excellent. <laughs> I know you have more to add. Go ahead. <laughs> How the banyan tree spread from Lahaina all the way across the Hawaiian Islands. That's just so crazy that that happened. But I mean, essentially what a banyan tree is, it's a parasitic organism. And it's a parasite that takes over other original trees and is literally a host. So it's kind of weird how this happened. This is a very invasive species that can wipe out mango groves. It can wipe out anything in the forest. Uh, but as long as you can control the um, root system and don't let it expand because, like Amanda just said, the roots come from the top to the bottom. As long as you keep cutting the root systems, the, the tree can't expand. It can mm -hmm. only stay within that area. You know, obviously, Lahaina, if you go see that, you see the root systems are starting to come down, but they're not hitting the ground yet. That's because someone is controlling to ensure they're that that tree yeah. does not expand. They're taking care of it. Yeah, because it would just expand across the roadway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you have to be careful of those trees. Now, as far as I know, it was originally... Now, see, this is interesting because you just don't know the damn stories that people are talking about anymore. Because it says that it was brought over 1873 to the Maui sheriff, but what I had heard, it was brought over by the Prince of India. What? To King Kamehameha. Oh, that's interesting. So there's so, different stories going around? Yeah, so I mean, what is going on? Yeah, so I never I heard that one. Yeah, and it fits around the time period of 1873, because that's, uh, wait, and wait a minute. No. King Kamehameha passed away in, I believe, 1820. Hmm. So if King Kamehameha passed away in 1820, it's like 50 years later. So I guess there's some contradictions here. You know what? There's a lot of contradictions <laughs> in storytelling in Hawaii. And, and, and I'm kind of surprised because we talked about this again and again. You do not make up stories in Hawaii. Right. Because but those you know, were the only stories told because they didn't have, have a written language. But you know what I blame it on? I don't know. I blame it on the ban of the Hawaiian language because stories are passed down by word of mouth, right? Right. And then all of a sudden Hawaiian language is banned and the stories probably died there because... Yeah, I don't know. But that's an interesting story because I believe it was brought on. It was, you know, and, and, and how, were the whole, how did horses get here? How, <laughs> did, how did cows get here? Because that is related to Spain and King Kamehameha and bringing cattle here. And King Kamehameha was like, what the fuck do I do with these things? They, he didn't even know what cattle was. Why, why he, would he? <laughs> so he let, the, he let the cattle roam across Hawaii. And the cattle destroyed the grounds. So he said, give me some Spaniard cowboys so they can come over and round these up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the Paniolo. story. Yeah, the Paniolo, the Paniolos. So, there's a story behind all that, too. So, we should do the cowboys one day. We should do Paniolo cowboys to. and trying to get into the history of the cowboys, the steel guitar, and all that stuff and how it got from Hawaii, from Spain to Hawaii to the mainland. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, so that's something to look up, too. That's pretty interesting. But for now, Ooh. let's move on to rainbow eucalyptus. Okay, let's do it. Again, beautiful tree. And there's not as many as you would think in Hawaii. There's, there's really not. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of regular eucalyptus, and you can smell it. If, if you know the smell, when you go on a roadway, you oh, go through a forest. Yeah. yeah, you can smell it. You're like, what is that smell? Yeah, yeah it's strong. But to have the rainbow, rainbow. eucalyptus is a little rarer. I mean, there's a lot on Maui, obviously, yes. Rotahana, but yes. on Oahu, I think, is it just the zoo? 
No, I mean they have is there it. More? A, yes, I mean I've seen them. I've seen them in the. I've seen them in the wild hiking before. They're oh, okay. they're all around. The, there's some on the North Shore. There's definitely some up at the um, uh, Dole Plantation. Mm. Uh, so there's some around. There is some okay. around on Oahu. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Right. It is. It was introduced to Hawaii, formerly called Eucalyptus deglupta. <laughs> I had to try that. <laughs> Found mainly in Hawaii, Philippines, Indonesia, and New Guinea. All right, Papua New Guinea. The rainbow eucalyptus tree was first planted in Hawaii in 1929 at Oahu's Wahiwa Botanical Gardens. Wow. As part of Hawaii's reforestation effort to help remedy deforestation. So that's pretty cool. Have you been to that botanical garden? I probably have, but I don't remember. You know, I I need to get back there. I haven't haven't been there any time lately. Honestly, it's super beautiful. They have really unique stuff there. Let's go. Exactly how the rainbow, also known as painted gum. (laughs) Interesting. I've heard it. Yep, I've heard it called that. Yeah, yeah, yeah became introduced to the rainforest of Hana is unknown, but some speculate it was planted in the 1930s to control soil erosion due to overlogging. Oh, interesting. Okay, then it probably has a good root system. I don't really know a lot of information about the eucalyptus. Yeah, I don't know too much about it either. So this this part's really cool and fascinating. Mm. Listen to this. These trees may look like they've been painted on, but these colors are all natural. The multicolored streaks on its trunk comes from the patches of outer bark that are, that are shed annually at different times, showing the bright green inner bark. This then darkens and matures to give blue, purple, orange, and then maroon tones. Yeah, it's that like a, it's, so cool. it's it's like a rainbow on the bark. I know, but it's actually as it ages. Yeah, right. So it is the only eucalyptus species found naturally in the northern hemisphere. Huh. This tree is cultivated around the world and is harvested mainly for pulp wood used in making paper, especially in the Philippines. It is also for ornamental landscaping purposes. It grows rather quickly, averaging around six feet per year and can reach heights of over 200 feet high and 95 inches in diameter. Wow. Pretty cool tree. Pretty cool. Right on. All right. Monkey pod tree. I love these too. <laughs> I really like this stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <God. laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. So monkey pod trees were introduced to Hawaii. Okay. Its Hawaiian name is Ohai. Huh. <laughs> Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah. I would never call it that. The monkey pod is one of Hawaii's most majestic (coughs) trees, growing more than 80 feet tall and 100 feet across. Seen near older homes and in parks, the leaves of the monkey pod drop in February and March. It's originally from South and Central America. It was purposely introduced to Hawaii in 1847 by Peter A. Brinsmead. I love how that middle initial is always Mm. thrown in there. So Peter A. Brinsmead who was a consul of the Kingdom of Hawaii in Mexico City. He brought in two trees, the first, which was planted on Bishop Street, and the second on Kauai. It's used for woodwork because it's resistant to decay and termites. That's so cool. I did not know that. It's also been used to make wooden boot frames. Very good. So we're going to take a quick break. And uh, we'll be right back. This seems to be that it's going to be a very, very long podcast. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to break that up into two podcasts because this could be like a two to three to four hour podcast. Yeah, that's just too much information. 
I agree. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, dive into fauna, and then next week we'll continue with flora and fauna. More and of each. Yeah, because this is going to be like information overload. I, <laughs> I mean, when we put this together, we invested a lot of time in doing it. Maybe because we're so fucking busy with our lives, we didn't realize how long this would be. Oh, I realized it. Well, I don't. I don't realize. <laughs> I, I don't realize. I to tell you. I don't realize anything anymore. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm a lost oh, soul. Oh gosh. So, anyways, so let's go listen to the Green Feelings. We'll be back. We'll go into fauna, and then we'll move on to next week. Awesome. All right. See you in the future. I know I love this feeling, and it's love I'm feeling. I'm gonna touch the feeling. Cause your body's so appealing I just wanna get close by you You, you, you I just love watching the things you do Oh yeah Let's mix it up Cherry Kool-Aid Sit down, wind it up, we marinate Liveliness can't contain Rare set to see, look at the way you shape now Styling is since one of a kind Glad I found you I'm watching you whining to you One of the whitest things Making me smile at you Seeing you move to the realest thing oh, I know I love this feeling And it's love I'm feeling I'm gonna touch the feeling Cause if I see a feeling I just wanna get close by you I just love watching the things you do Your body's so fine, 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 fine Looking so sexy and so divine Fine, fine, fine All I'm wishing for is for you to be mine, 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 mine I love the way you go I love the things you do I'm always watching you All I want is your body, girl Movement you give out the shock, the world the voodoo, you do, we rock, same groove, baby, bamboo, sweetest taboo. Yeah, feeling you right from the start. Added to the way you move, real piece of art. Swaying the dance, I embrace every part. Can't cool down when the fire starts. Yeah, one of the whitest. Yeah, your body is so nice and fit. See, the move to the realest thing. Oh, I know I love this feeling. I'm feeling, I'm gonna touch the feeling Cause your body's so appealing I just wanna be close by you, 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 you I just love watching the things you do There ain't no one like you, babe, there no one No one's quite like you, for sure Alright, we are back. We're going to go into Fauna in Hawaii, located about 2,300 miles from the nearest continental shore. The Hawaiian Islands are the most isolated group of islands on the planet. 
The plant and animal life of the Hawaiian archipelago is the result of early, very infrequent colonization of arriving species and slow evolution of those species in isolation from the rest of the world's flora and fauna. Over a period of six million years or so, as a result, Hawaii is home to a large number of native species. The radiation of species described by Charles Darwin in the Galapagos Islands, which was critical to the formulation of his theory of evolution, far exceeds that in the more isolated Hawaiian Islands. The relatively short time that the existing main islands of the archipelago had been above the surface of the ocean, less than 10 million years, is only a fraction of time span over which biological colonization and evolution have occurred in the archipelago. High volcanic islands have existed in the Pacific far longer, extending in the chain of the northwest. These once mountainous islands are now reduced to submerged banks and coral atolls. Midway Atoll, for example, formed as a volcanic island some 28 million years ago. Kerr Atoll, a little further to the northwest, is near the Darwin Point, defined as waters of a temperature that allowed coral reef development to just keep up with sinking and extending back in time before core, which is an even older chain of islands that spread northward nearly to the Aleutian Islands. These former islands all north of the Darwin Point are now completely submerged and known as the Emperor Seamounts. Well, that's interesting. I don't fucking know. Little lesson there. <laughs> the Hawaiian Islands are well known for the environmental diversity that occurred on high mountains within a trade wind field. On a single island, the climate can be differ around the coast from dry tropical to wet tropical and up the slopes from tropical rainforest until alpine conditions of the croak. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> I think you have um, one. <laughs> I don't know even where I am anymore. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Alpine conditions of cold and dry climate. The rainy climate impacts soil development, which largely determines ground permeability, which affects the distribution of streams and wetlands. The distance and remoteness of the Hawaiian archipelago is a biological marvel. Seeds and spores. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in a goddamn show. <laughs> what am I doing? Sounds Se- like it. Yeah. Seeds and spores attached to perhaps a lost migrating bird's feather, or an insect falling out of the high winds, or rain clouds above, which found a place to survive on the islands. This is true shit, I guess. It is fascinating. It's though. ridiculous. It it's really absolutely is. ridiculous. I know it's like a lot, but it's like a feather. Like what is it? Like a bird's just passing over, and one, and he plucks one of its feathers out, and it lands on the Hawaiian Islands, and then something comes from that. I know. It's crazy. The narrowing of the gene pool meant that at the very beginning, the population of a colonizing species was a bit different from that of the contributing populations of all the land masses in the world. The Hawaiian Islands are the most unique in the world. A petri dish, an extension of how the Earth was created and populated all those billions of years ago. For the most part, many of the flora and fauna will only be found in Hawaii and nowhere else in the world. That is why is it so vitally important we not only protect Hawaii, but study it for future generations. Absolutely. Okay. 
history I am, lesson. I, yeah, I'm just exhausted. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about this. But we're going to get into fauna here, and it is. we're going to start with the Hawaiian nene. Now, the Hawaiian nene is indigenous. The nene, also known as the Hawaiian goose, is a species of bird endemic to the Hawaiian Islands. The official bird of the state of Hawaii, the nene is exclusively found in the wild of the islands of Maui, Kauai, Molokai, and Hawaii, and recently seen on Oahu. The Hawaiian name Nene comes from the bird's soft call. The spe- <laughs> oh, that's I, what I, you I, told I, me about that. It went, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a weird noise. I never knew they made that noise. <laughs> the species is vulnerable, but the population is increasing. Now, you know, if I had all the time in the world, I would probably find a sound for each one of these. Oh, yeah. You I don't wish have that kind I of time. could. Aww. Yeah, yeah. Back during yeah. the COVID days when you didn't work. Yeah, yeah, back in <laughs> those days. Then I could come up with every damn, you know. It'd be cool if we did that, though. So the nene is beautiful bird. Yeah. I didn't know that it was spotted on Oahu. Yeah, it was spotted on Oahu, and I believe it originated somehow connected to the Canadian goose. Somewhere, yeah. some way, it is connected to the Canadian goose. It somehow. is, yes. Yeah. Uh, the Hawaiian monk seal, indigenous. The Hawaiian monk seal is an endangered, earless species of seal in the family that is endemic to the Hawaiian Islands only. The Hawaiian monk seal is one of the two monk seal species. The other is the Mediterranean monk seal, which is highly endangered. However, a third species, the Caribbean monk seal, became extinct. Mm. Monk seals are unique as they do not have external ears and are only found in warm tropical waters, while all the other seals have external ears and live in cold, frigid waters. They're so cute. Yeah. Especially when you see mama and baby together. Yeah, mama exactly. And I always think of the Hawaiian monk seals like, you know, being a Buddhist. <laughs> Anyways, Hawaiian green sea turtles. Indigenous. The green sea turtle, also known as the green turtle, the black turtle, or Pacific green turtle, is a species of large sea turtle found across the Hawaiian island chain. Its range extends throughout tropical and subtropical seas across the world, with two distinct populations in the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean, but it is also found in areas of the Indian Ocean. The common name refers to the usual green fat found beneath its shell structure. The Hawaiian species is vulnerable, but has come back in great numbers from when they were threatened to almost extinction back in the early 1900s in Hawaiian waters when they had been hunted for their shells and as a food source. Mm, they're amazing too. Yeah, I so just love them. you come here for two things. You come here to see the Hawaiian monk seals and you come here to see the Hawaiian Ooh. green sea turtles. But a lot of people don't realize that you should also come here to see the, the nene. Oh. Yeah, you need to come see this. Uh, no, the Hawaii, is awesome. It's Hawaii's bird. If you stay yeah. up North Shore, Kauai, you will see them yeah, all over. Right. The Hawaiian hore bat is indigenous. The Hawaiian species of hore bat is endemic to the islands of Hawaii. The Hawaiian hore bat is distributed only among the major volcanic islands of Hawaii, making it the only native terrestrial mammal in the 50th state. Nobody knows that. Whoa, it's I didn't only, know that. Yeah, it's the only one that's, that's endemic to Hawaii hmm. of all mammals. The Hawaiian Horay bat was officially named the state land mammal. Really? <laughs> of Hawaii in 2015. The Hawaiian Horay bat is a federally listed species in danger of extinction. Interesting. Yes, and I've seen them. 
On Big Island? Uh, no, I've seen them here. Oh, okay. Seen them here on the west side near uh, Makula Cave. Yeah, yeah, I saw one there too. Yep, yep. Now, the weird thing is, the crazy thing is, which I didn't know before, I didn't have it down here, that, that the Jorge bat is more of a day bat than a night bat. Oh, that's interesting because I saw it during the day, yeah. Yeah, so it comes out during the day and also obviously at dusk and dawn. But it's not much of a night bat, so it goes to sleep like unlike other bats. That's so interesting. Mammal. Only one in Hawaii that belongs here. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> Hawaiian tiger shark. Indigenous. Tiger sharks have been found to navigate between the main Hawaiian islands and thus appear to occupy home ranges much larger than they had previously been suspected. Tiger sharks are often attracted to stream mouths after heavy rains when upland fishes and other animals are sweat out to sea. Hmm. The tiger can easily locate prey in such murky waters. Tigers are also attracted to waters frequented by fishing boats, which often trail fish remains in blood. All the inshore species, tiger sharks have the most widely varied diet. They eat fish, lobsters, birds, turtles, dead animals. They have even been known to eat garbage. Wow. And lastly, they eat people. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm just joking. They usually don't eat people. I didn't it's think not so. well. Listen, it's not known why tiger sharks sometimes bite humans, but the idea that they mistake a person for a natural prey item, such as a turtle or a seal, is not supported by any evidence or science up to this date. Now, I am surprised to hear that. That's really fascinating. So, why are they biting people? The tiger may be trying to determine. If a human being is a potential prey item when biting. So they're trying to figure out if, hey, if they fight back, if they're too big, if they can take them out, and if they can eat them. Oh my gosh. And I think what they're figuring out is once you bite into a human, they're pretty bony. <laughs> they're not that good. Unless you find some obese American that's over here on a vacation. Oh, gee. <laughs> then you're going to get a lot of nice fat meat, oh. you know. But anyways, um, yeah, so however, incidents of tigers biting humans in Hawaiian waters are very rare either way, occurring on average at a rate of about three or four per year, mostly in the shallow waters of Maui and at the mouth of riverbeds. Fatal shark bites are extremely rare, especially considering the number of people in Hawaiian waters. People who enter the water need to recognize that there are hidden dangers, and although very unlikely, a tiger shark attack could happen in rare occasion. Wonderful. Yeah! <laughs> so, yeah, so that could happen. Okay. Right? Hey, you never know. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Mongoose. Invasive. I think they're cute. I think they're cute, too. I love the way they look. I love the way they fight chickens. I love the way they fight, <laughs> they fight roosters. And, and you know, there's an issue with them. But let's go over that issue. The mongoose found in Hawaii are native to India and were originally introduced to Hawaii Island in 1883 by the sugar industry to control rats in sugarcane fields on Maui, Molokai, and Oahu. Mongooses can live in both wet and dry conditions, including gardens, grasslands, and forests now the thing with the mongoose is the big case with the rats is that the rats come out at night the mongoose sleep okay. and then the mongoose sleeps at night and the rat comes out so that was uh, a really stupid fucking idea didn't they didn't do their homework yeah one's nocturnal one's not yeah it's, yeah i it mean how, how, but how do you make that mistake 
But they do keep control of the chickens on the islands. You know, they eat the eggs, yada yada. Now, this is one of the reasons why the chicken population on Kauai is so bad. There's no mongoose on Kauai. Oh, interesting. So chickens, you know, you could, you know, I remember the last time I hiked on Kauai, 300 chickens came at me on the trail. <laughs> They're it's everywhere. It's like a goddamn yeah. group of velociraptors. I'm like, Jesus, there's nothing to control these things. They're out of control. They're so loud. Same problem with the parrot population is way out of control on Kauai. Why? Because there's no one to monitor the, the eggs. Like the mongoose would eat the eggs of whether the parrots or of the chickens. And now without that control, those birds have gotten out of control and they've actually actually damaged a lot of the fruit trees over on Kauai. At one time they were thinking, of, and I don't have it in here for fauna, for the parrots, but the, uh, what is it, the, uh, I can't remember the ring Amazon parrot that's over on the Hawaiian Islands the now. The green one? Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, so beautiful. parrot. It's a beautiful parrot, a.k.a. parakeet. But um, it's kind of gotten out of control in Kauai. There's no control of them, so they're actually wiping out like mango groves, they're wiping up trees and... They don't know what to do with them now. It's so. a shame because they're such gorgeous birds and I really love them. But yeah. I know. I know they're a problem. Yeah, they're kind of a problem. So, Okay, next. The Hawaiian honeycreeper is indigenous. Hawaiian honeycreepers are a group of small, beautiful birds endemic to Hawaii. They are closely related to the rose finches, but many of these species have evolved features unlike those present in the other finches. These birds arrived to Hawaii six to seven million years ago. Wow. When the island had still been forming and was one of the first birds to take on the pollination jobs bees provide long before honeybees showed up to Hawaii. The honey creepers are threatened but not endangered yet. Now what? this is one of the, if you ever see the red honey creeper yeah. with the long curly beak. Yep. They're beautiful. Yeah. So they're so unique too. And they're not, a, I don't see them often. I see them more when I go hiking high into the elevation. Mm. They're they're, uh, there's a lot more up there because that's more indigenous forest. You'll find more indigenous birds. And that's where they've been for six to seven million years, which is really amazing. Uh, we just don't see as many, but their beak is set up to get in there to the flowers and to, to get into that pollen see i didn't know that that's so yeah, cool yeah, yeah. oh man i hope they can make a comeback i hope somehow. so i hope so the humpback whale considered an indigenous now let's figure out why humpback whales are born in hawaiian waters hmm. right so that does make sense okay uh kind of making them kamaaina right i guess they're kamaaina. <laughs> kind of. uh, born in hawaiian waters making them native born native hawaiians also believe the whales are amakua family guardians so these gentle giants are treated with great respect by the local hawaiian culture the humpbacks migrate every year from the colder waters of alaska in summer down to the hawaiian waters every year in winter to give birth to their calves humpbacks spend half their lives in hawaii and are found every year in hawaiian waters between november through april humpbacks are not endangered are protected in increasing numbers every year they're just so incredible to see yeah. in the winter. Absolutely. I, yeah, I love They're gorgeous. Them. They're gorgeous. The Hawaiian crow. Indigenous. Cool. The Hawaiian crow, or alala. <laughs> Good job. Is a species of bird in the largest of the crow family. Unfortunately, it is currently extinct in the Hawaiian wild. Reintroduced programs are underway to release a large group back into the wild. Unlike the other main crow species, the Hawaiian crow has more rounded wings and a much thicker bill. Current population and the repopulation program for release 
is 114 birds in captivity. So they have 114 currently. Obviously, they're going to grow some more before they release them into the wild. But there's 114 we have in captivity right now. There's none in the wild. Wow. So once they release them, uh, hopefully the numbers will increase. And uh, next week when we talk about many of the other fauna, we're going to talk about the Hawaiian hawk. The Hawaiian hawk, unfortunately, is the enemy of the Hawaiian crow. Oh, I the didn't Hawaiian, know that. Yeah, so the Hawaiian hawk hunts the Hawaiian crow. Hmm. So we have a problem, right? So how do you introduce a species that's been extinct in the wild back in and not have Hawaiian, uh, Hawaiian hawks, which are indigenous, hunt them? They're going to get hunted. It's going to happen. So you have to, you have to, now the hawk is about the same size, a little teeny bigger than the crow, but not too much bigger. So, you know, it's just a chance you're going to have to take. And this is probably why they're probably waiting to the number of crows increase before they release them because they know some of them are just going to go pretty quick. I'm assuming. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, we haven't had the Hawaiian crow in the wild for a very long time now, and it'll be nice to have that reintroduced to the big island and then maybe expanded to the others the hawaiian pohio indigenous the pohio is a subspecies of the short-eared owl and is endemic to only hawaii the pohio is one of the most famous powerful and graceful of the various physical forms assumed by the amakua spiritual ancestors in hawaiian culture the pohio inhibits forests and grasslands throughout the whole islands of hawaii Although their numbers seem to be declining, particularly in the last two decades, and especially on the island of Oahu, upon which they were at one time numerous in numbers. The pohio is listed by the state of Hawaii as an endangered species, mainly because they lay their eggs and have their nest on the ground. This makes the nest and eggs susceptible to the mongoose, which is an invasive species to Hawaii. There you go. See? The problem with the mongoose. Uh, yeah, the, they're beautiful, the pueo. Yeah, well, see, that's the problem because, you know, you have to deal with invasives and with, you know, indigenous species. So the mongoose keeps the other invasives. Like, obviously, we're not we're not going to talk about the chicken and we're not going to talk about these parrots yeah. in any of this because but because we just can't talk about anything. But those two, you know, the chicken is, is a little bit of an invasive and the, uh, the, the parrot is. But the mongoose keeps them in check. But by keeping them in check, the mongoose is going to get rid of local indigenous yeah. birds as well. Such a shame. So you just don't know what to do with the mongoose. So a de- you know, d- a decision, should we get rid of the mongoose completely? Should we not? I don't know. Can you imagine how many chickens would be here if there was no <laughs> mongoose? I know. Or how many parrots there would be everywhere? Now, for, for me and you, and we'll talk about it next week too, lizards and all this other stuff, oh, they're nice to look at. The parrot's nice to look at. The mongoose is cute. The chicken, the whatever. But you have to understand that in Hawaii... And we'll talk about it next week, too, about the wild boar. Things yeah. are just, some things are just not working here. That's things true. are just destroying Hawaii. And, you know, then you have creatures that are keeping other ones in check and stuff. So it's, a, it's and we're not even going to talk about the cane toad. Oh, we're not. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the, the cane too, toad yeah. was brought here to get rid of another toad and get rid of bugs. Mm. And now, obviously, that's a problem now, right? Huge problem. So we have a lot of different species that were brought here that should have never been brought here. And uh, that's just the way it is now. There's nothing we can do about it. Because some, thank God we didn't bring rabbits here. That was only on Rabbit Island. Oh, right. Because we had a population farming of uh, rabbits on Rabbit Island, but they never left the island. I mean, imagine par- imagine having uh, rabbits everywhere. <laughs> they breed like hotcakes. <laughs> they I do. mean, it'd be insane. So, But anyways, okay, so... 
what we're going to do is next week we're going to continue doing this for part two of flora and fauna Mm -hmm. and uh that kind of wraps it up we want to thank everybody again for putting up with our shit (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kind of putting up with the news that we always spew out and, and our aggravations and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you guys wouldn't want it any other, other way. You want to hear the truth. You want to know what's going on. Our little and vent sessions. Yeah, our little vent sessions, you know, because we're all human. And I know that you guys listen to us. You email us. We talk to you. We listen to you. And, uh, you know, there's some things, too, like some of you guys are, are, are living here now and we have had no time to spend with you. I know. I feel. Let me tell you. I don't have any spend. I don't have any time to spend with myself. No, but we're <laughs> we're really trying. So like Desiree and Mike, we're really trying to schedule you in. Soon. Yeah, I mean, we have some wonderful people living here that we should be spending time with, and just it's just a it's just a it's just it's just I don't know. It's just so busy. <laughs> It's so busy, and, you know, we want to spend time with each other, too. We don't have time to do that. I know. So, I mean, we're just trying to make the best of this that we can, you know, and we are going to get to you guys. We are going to spend time with you, and when you guys come out and visit Hawaii, you know, we're going to spend time with you as well because Megan's coming out. Yes. I think she's coming out in a little while. I think November, though. We have so her we, booked we already in. have her booked in. Yeah, I hate to say that. I hate to I say, <laughs> we got you booked in the calendar. I know. But, you know, I have to really book my, like, I mean, but this is no different right now. Like, on my day off, I'm booking myself for what I have to do. Well, I got to go grocery shopping. I have to do the clothes. I have to do this. You know, this yeah. is just the way life is right now. But I think it's for everybody. And we're human like you guys. And, you know, we have issues too. So we're just trying to get our act together. <laughs> no, it's just being honest. Yeah, I know. You know, so uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for listening and putting up with us and, you know. And those of you who have been emailing with support, you know, we we, really appreciate it. No, yes. You know, we're sitting here having beers and and, and talking over and going out and going to these tiki bars. We're talking about you guys. Yeah. We're sitting here. Oh, you know, we got to spend time with them. Oh, you know, did you get that email? Yeah, I got that email. You know, they're (laughs) really being nice. You know, we got to talk about them, about this, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then, and don't forget, we're going to to the Big Island in August. I still have to try to set up uh, land to look at. Yeah. You know, so we're working on that with Mark and Pete, and um, we're probably going to do like what, a, like a video session to see if Tiffany can hang out with us and whoever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do know. like a, um, I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe we should do like a Facebook Live if we have service instead of just yeah FaceTime. You know, that might be a good idea. Yeah. Facebook Live on our uh, Patreon-only Facebook page. Perfect. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So, okay, everybody, we're gonna go ahead and listen to. Kolohe Kai and Haire feel the sunshine. Love it. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. I hope nice so. Nice job. All right, ready? Shoot. Shoot. Okay, we're going to be doing Flora and Fauna Part 2 next week, and then we will go ahead and do the annexation. Yes. Oh, so next week is free, too. All right. All right. We'll Aloha. see you guys next week. Aloha. seem to fill up my fire There's no place I'd rather go That could take me any higher The sun is arriving The palm trees are smiling with me I love this island So come
I don't care how you look at it, it's still aloha. Be pono. Be righteous. <laughs> 